0: You are listening to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast, and this is episode number 38. This episode is brought to you by The Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a day planner, goal-setting guide, and mini vision board wrapped up into one neat little package that helps you break down your goals into actionable steps that you can integrate into your daily schedule. You can order a copy and check it out by visiting visionaryjournal.co. Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Star Chasers. Welcome back to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. I'm your host, Monique Malcolm. And if this is your first time here, welcome. The Pimp Your Brilliance podcast is a show for creatives who want to leverage their ideas and create their own opportunities. And I do this every single week through inspiring interviews with amazing creative entrepreneurs. And then I hop on the mic and share actionable strategies for you to try out for yourself. But this week we have another interview and today's guest is Kyla Roma. Kyla is a Canadian business coach and digital strategist who worked behind the scenes in hundreds of businesses From six-figure brands to one-woman shops. She helps business owners make their brands irresistible, profitable, and simple to run so their businesses aren't just successful, their work is measurable, and it feels amazing. And isn't that what we're all looking for? A business that feels good, that's simplified, that's growing, that's earning money, and it's not stressing us the heck out. So Kyla is great at simplifying marketing. As a matter of fact, in this episode, she's going to be sharing with us how she structured her business around her life and her family, how to give yourself permission to be human while moving your business forward, and four simple ways to simplify your marketing. So if you're ready, grab your pen and a notebook and let's dive in. Hi Kyla, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm excited to have you on because you guys, we've already been talking for a few minutes and, you know, going into the show, I never know how guests are going to be beforehand unless I know them like personally and the conversation's already been good and she's already brought up so many important points that I can't wait for us to dive in into this chat. So I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's just have Kyla introduce herself. Tell us about your business and how you make your living.
1: Thanks so much. So I am a business coach and I really specialize in marketing and profitability for small business owners. I work a lot with service-based business owners, helping them figure out how to actually get traction in their businesses and how to make marketing Feel like something that isn't a part-time job that they hate because that's so where so many of us <laughs> feel uh, in our businesses that is just this it's this you know time sink it's a black hole and you know we don't know what we're doing with it or we can't it's so hard to be consistent and. It's just something that I feel like once you figure it out, it is like having a secret key that you can unlock this whole world for you. Um, and so I'm I absolutely so passionate about that. So I, I coach women in a uh, in a group setting uh, where they get all kinds of one on one feedback from me, and uh, it's all about like looking at what works for them, uh, and and really looking at results-based, uh, results-based marketing. So I, I love like running little experiments in my own business and, and seeing kind of how, how can I change one aspect of that? See, you know, see what changes from there and really get curious and up close with our marketing. Um, and really with, with just connecting with people, looking at more um, marketing as a way of really bringing that connection out and and making our businesses, um, making the outside of our businesses really feel more like the inside of our businesses.
0: Oh my gosh, I love all of that that you just said, particularly where you talked about, you know, making sure businesses are profitable, because that's really important. And I want to circle back to that. But first, uh, I want to ask you about how you structured your business around your life and your family. Yes. Definitely, it's
1: it's been a it's been something that has evolved over time. So, I started out in this business. This is my second business. I used to be a web designer, and I owned a boutique web design agency, and it was crazy. It was just nuts. We, you know, I was working, man, I was working sixty, seventy hour weeks. Uh, it was just an administrative monster, and that's really where my um, passion for business started I kind of developed Stockholm syndrome when I was trying to fix the problem I just fell in love with business and so my journey has really been trying to make my business fit more into my life be less unwieldy be more effective so in this business I started out doing one-on-one coaching with people and you know, my husband and I, it was making us a great living. My husband was able to uh, leave. He had a sales role where he was working, you know, at at a really high level with other, with companies doing inter, like inter-business sales. And he was able to leave that, come join the business. And for us, though, we realized that it just, it wasn't going to translate into us being able to have, have a family. It was, know i was working off of my feet all the time so i really had to look at what is the end result that i want what is the the day-to-day life that i would like what's that lifestyle piece look like and then work backwards from that so in really concrete terms i i sat down with a piece of paper i mapped out um, how much you know roughly kind of what i would like my ideal schedule to look like and and I like working so I'm not talking about working, you know, uh, 2 hours a day and spending the rest of the time, you know, in a spa where I'm paying $100 an hour to hang out. But it was looking at what would be what would be a better balance of of client work for me. And then so how much time roughly would I like to be spending doing the the revenue generating pieces, the income generating pieces for me? and then knowing myself and knowing how much freaking time it takes me to get the word out about my business, keep the Instagram post scheduled, you know, be able to actually have time to talk with people who light me up uh, inside of the business world and grow my relationships. I know that I've never had enough time for those things. So how can I make that part of my week as well? So I, I mapped those out and kind of got a sense of roughly how much what I needed that split to be if that was a whole pie, kind of which which pieces of the pie each of those things would be. And then I really sat down and went, well, what the heck would what the heck would create that? And it was not. Uh, I, I want to be super upfront. Like it, it wasn't like I immediately had this idea. It wasn't like I knew that. You know, I knew that I had to work in a way that was more leveraged um, than one-on-one work. But I had no idea what that looked like. And adding to that excitement <laughs> was that. I I had um, I had I got pregnant with my son, and I you know I worked doing the one on one work all the way through my pre- like all the way through my pregnancy, and then I had him, and I still I had been trying to figure out like what my model was going to be what my business model was going to be I I had this idea for an online course I was working on it just tapping away at it I could barely get anything done on it I was so, having such a hard time in my pregnancy. And I came out the other side of the of, of having um, delivered my baby, and a couple months of living with him, and I just thought, I think that what I've been working on is maybe garbage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't that suck? When you've sunk so much time into something and realize like this is not going to work. It's not what I thought it was, and it you have to scrap it. Like you feel. How did you feel coming to that realization?
1: Well, I think, oh man, yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. Honestly, though, one of the things that I try to look out for the absolute most in my business life is it's called the sunk cost fallacy. Oh. And it is exactly that. It is when, so the idea it's, uh, it's that the more time and energy we put into something, the more our, our perceived value is of it. So let's say I am baking a pie and I start out baking the pie. Like this is going to be great. It's going to be the best pie. I'm, you know, everyone's going to be so proud of me for this pie. I'm going to get so much praise. And I start making this pie and the crust falls apart. I go. It's so, oh I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Work, I'm gonna work on that. It's okay. It's, I can work on that. I can. I can make that happen. I can fix it. I, I start. You know. I start putting it together, and then my oven breaks. I'm Like, oh no. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy a new oven, and then. I, and now, what I'm starting to do is, I, we get more and more entrenched in the idea of this pie has to happen, and we start to see the dollar value of our time, the dollar value of money that we've spent. So the that. Freaking oven! I don't know if I could swear, but (laughs) (laughs) but but like that oven, the all of these other pieces, they start to add up to this incredible value that we see in it. And so, the more time and energy we put into something, the less likely we are to abandon it. The less likely we are we are to cut our losses. And that means, I mean, we see it. I think we've all got a friend in a relationship like that. You know, we, <laughs> know we, we can see this play out in so many different ways. And for me, that was my the story of my first business. I, know, I knew that I needed to leave. I was in a partnership with a wonderful woman who I'm still good friends with. And I knew that it wasn't right for me at the end of the day. But I put so much time and energy into it. It took me three and a half years to leave and i so i have i'm constantly on the lookout for that happening and i'm so thankful for it because if i if i hadn't i see this with clients like not not all the time thankfully but i do see this with clients and with friends you know, it can be very tempting to think that I just need to do this one extra thing. I just need to fine tune it a little bit and push a little harder. Um, and sometimes that is the case. But in this situation, I thought, you know what? I've really got to look at how much effort it is that's taking me to push this lead balloon off the off the you know off the ground, and and I so for me when I looked at that I just thought you know the, the momentum isn't there the excitement isn't there the energy isn't there the words are not falling off of the page uh, or falling out of me onto the page I've got to pay attention to that and so I I left it alone and I had a waiting list of like 100 people waiting to who were saying they were very excited about this idea and I thought it's just not it's just not going to work I'm not going to be able to deliver in the way that I want to so I looked at that list of or that kind of Model calendar is how I think about it of here's my here's how I would like my time to work. I looked at how much how many billable hours roughly would that mean? What would I need to be charging per hour roughly or not even per hour if I was working as many hours a week what would that turn into in income for us? How could, what can I what can I figure out in terms of what that would turn out into into revenue? And then I started to see that I either needed to charge like you know seven thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars per engagement per client, or I needed to work in a leveraged way. And I thought, I think there's an opportunity here for me to figure out a way where I can work with business owners who aren't ready for that level of uh, of investment in monetarily in their business who want to put in some time instead of that, instead of that, um, instead of that chunk of chat, a chunk of change, I would come up with an idea and I go, Oh, this, I think I could do it like this and I could have a membership site and I could have people do this and I could have rotating guest speakers and it could be like this. And then I will wait for a couple of days and I think, Oh damn it. That's the female entrepreneur association. Okay. okay, (laughs) That's not it. That's not it. it." And then I come up with any, another idea and I'd be so excited. I'm like, okay, this has got to be it oh no, that's Heather Crabtree, that's what Heather Crabtree's business is, that's not mine, that's not mine, that's someone else's, okay, and I would, it was so funny, like, I just, I had to really cycle through uh, a whole bunch of ideas first, and really kind of get other people's ideas out of my head, I had to drop back from social media a little bit, drop back from being so in, in other, in having other people kind of in my head, and eventually I thought, you know what, I'll do something where it's still a membership course. It's, well, it's still a course. There's, it's a 90 day thing. I will uh, have the lessons scheduled on a week to week basis. So everybody get, cause everybody, I'm doing the same thing with one-on-one clients anyways. This is, you know, why, why this would work is that everyone's going through the same exercises and I'm having the same conversations over and over. So let's do it that way. But then I'll t- I will look at their work and I will give them personal video feedback on everything that they're doing so that they're really supportive. They're still getting that personal piece that is very important to me. Um, and I can really be there for them in a way that's meaningful. And And then working, and then all the details of like, well, what does that mean in terms of pricing? What does that mean in terms of, you know, in terms of all this stuff? But for me, it's so it's a hybrid kind of a model. And it, it really took sifting through a lot of, um, of bad ideas on my part, other people's ideas, uh, for me to be able to figure out you know, what, would, what would work for me. And you know, it may change in the future. That's totally fine, that's the that's fun part of this. That's why I love business design and looking at uh, you know, how can you take the different income streams that you have and really um, put, put them into something that's very unique for you that amplifies your talents.
0: Oh, gosh, you said so many things. So at this point, you found this business that you structured around your life. So how does your being a mom and being a wife, how does that fit into everything?
1: A big part of it is that for me, a huge component was I can't be available on demand for this many one-on-one live meetings. So before I was doing, I was working with, you know, 15 clients uh, at a time or so, uh, or even 10. And, And that means, you know, 10 meetings, 10 meetings a week, or you know if if i was doing it every uh, you know every other every other week still five meetings a week or more and there are days like right before this podcast i i was telling you last night my my son is such a delight love him so much but oh my goodness he woke up at he <laughs> bed he went to bed for the night. I was like, "Oh, fabulous! I'm so tired." It was our my husband and my wedding anniversary. I'm like, great! I can just like relax. I was in my PJs by 6 p.m. Like, I'm going to sleep so well tonight. I just need to sleep. He wakes up. My son wakes up at one in the morning. He's awake until four. And so, if I had if I had a full day of client work, I would be incoherent. And so, I needed to really look at how can I make my make things. I want to stack the deck in favor of success is basically how, how I look at business design, how I look at, at things. That's my kind of strategic perspective. It's how can I make it difficult for me to fail? And so a key part of that for me is not having a ton of set appointments. I can have a couple. I can do my live calls with my with my clients, certainly. I can do a live stream, like a scheduled live stream into my Facebook group. I can do, but like Instagram stories is something that's really fun for me. It doesn't require any planning. I can just pop in there. It can be a little bit about my business. It can be something that's personal. Perfect. I know a lot of people are allergic to Instagram stories. So <laughs> If you're feeling that way right now, if you're feeling like you're kind of disappearing into your shirt, you're turtling. That's okay. That's I'm not saying you should do it, but for me, that's been very, very helpful. Um, re, like reducing the time that that takes uh, out of my, in, in terms of fixed things, so that I can be really successful. And before I was a mom, I had very severe depression and anxiety. There would be times where I would have a bad day, and I would just have to take the day off, and it wasn't a. a matter of you know this would be nice i can sit and watch netflix it would be like i would sit on my couch in my office and just be staring into the middle distance and then realize that i'd been doing that for two hours and i hadn't had enough energy to do anything else and it hadn't occurred to me yeah i was just like i was moving that slow <laughs> <laughs> slow down to moving in like geological time and and so for me i've always I've always had to really be very discerning about what is going to, what's going to work for me, what's not going to work for me. How can I make this easy for me to succeed? So, um, you know, in my Previously, when I was dealing with that, it would, you know, I my business really wasn't designed to handle that very well with all the one-on-one work. But I would schedule every quarter, I would take like, you know, ten days off of client work, and really have time to just like lie on the floor and and breathe and do some of the marketing stuff that I needed to do. It's been an ongoing evolution in terms of being um, in terms of being a wife. Uh, I'm incredibly uh, lucky to have a wonderful husband uh, who's like a staunch feminist, and we have really um, kind of like flipped gender roles in our in our in our life, which we love and is hilarious. We think and wonderful. And we're so excited to have, we have our son, uh, my, my little guy is a, is a boy and he, and we're so excited to ra- ha- raise him and have him see that like dad and uh, dad does all the cooking and cleaning. Um, dad does all the grocery shopping. Dad is the one who manages all the, the appointments and everything. And mom's the one who, mom works and then like cuddles and plays with everybody. I get to be the fun parent kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really nice. But also, um, you know, we really work at at making sure that the division of of emotional labor and actual labor in our in our house is as close to equal as possible. So that has been that's a huge part of it.
0: I'm so happy that you shared that. That's something that I I wanted to make sure that I pulled out of you for this interview, because everybody thinks businesses are just one way everybody tends to think like the way that you run your business when you have a family is one way and i love that you have intentionally structured your business around the way that your life works whether it's dealing with parenting your son or it's dealing with health and uh, your anxiety your depression you've figured out what's worked for you and you've been intentional about putting in structures in place that support that and a lot of times people that I talk with, just kind of think like, well, I just got to barrel through it. This is the way that it is. And that's, you know, that's it. And it's like, no, you sometimes you have to just go back to the drawing board and think about how can I make this better? Like you said, how can I make it harder for myself to fail? And I think that that's so smart that you guys have done that. And I wish that more people talked about that and shared that, you know, I I work this business because I want to work. I like that you said that in the beginning, that you like working. It's not that you just want to work less hours so you can sit at the spa all day. Because I feel like there's a lot of misconception there. It's like, oh, I'm going to work four hours. And then the rest of the hours, I'm just going to lay on the beach and drink cocktails. It's like, no. Like a lot of us actually like our work and want to work decent hours. But we don't want to be a slave to the work. And we don't want the work to infringe on Living our lives, but we do want to work. And I think that that's a really important distinction to make that's not often made.
1: Absolutely. It's funny. I was thinking the other day, I haven't tweeted it yet, but I'm going to, um, and it's a little salty. Uh, <laughs> that, that really, you know, if you, if you, your goal is to build a business that where you don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to show up at any specific time you don't need to do any of the work that involves you know build like actual client work or or selling you really you want to hire all that out and you don't want to be involved in it and that in your vision is to create this you know to create this a machine that does all that for you i mean more power to you but but really, the thing that the thing that that what that actually looks like for most people, how you know how they achieve that in life, is not actually by building a business. That's what you're trying to build is a trust fund. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and the it would be really you know I think a lot of us it would be great if that was just handed to us. And and all, really running a business for most of us it doesn't look like that until you're maybe like you're right at the point of succession planning. <laughs> like you're really. You know, there's just that's just not how businesses work, even in multi million dollar businesses.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. So, I want to talk about profitability because I know this is something that you help your clients with. And I feel like every single business owner wants to make money, but so often we overlook what it means to be profitable. And there's some differences there. And I would love for you to talk about that
1: goodness yeah that's such a good point absolutely I think you know really you know at a very basic level we've got to look at how much money are we bringing in how much money are we spending on our business how much money are we paying ourselves and then then there's that you know that profitability gap (laughs) so I, I think a lot of the time we we as, as people who are building businesses who are starting out, we either, if you're a freelancer, you're in a a mindset of, I'm, this is my hourly rate and it's profitable because my, you know, really I'm valuing my time at $0. And so I pay, I, I, have the internal value of $0 inside of my business. So the admin work that I do is worth $0. And then I mark that time up to like $50 an hour or $75 an hour for clients. And if we, so the way that I like to look at at income and, and looking at your profitability is looking at for each of your offers, how much admin time does that actually take you to support it? How much time are you spending bookkeeping roughly, you know, a week or a month? What are the other things? What are the other costs that go around supporting it? Do you have a special, um, a special subscription service that you need to pay for? So we look at the actual overhead of your business. How much what are the, what are the, Base level costs, you know, I can't run my business without paying for email marketing software that is used by all of my offers equally. So that is something that is just a standard cost in my business. So we measure that out. And then we also measure out the, um, the things, the time piece. And we assign a dollar value to that for supporting and running each of my, each of our offers and then we look at, okay, what, then what does my pricing actually need to be? Am I, if I, if I assign a dollar value, even if it's only like $10 an hour to, to start or something, you know, what if I assign a dollar value to my time in supporting these offers and in completing the offer, especially this client work, then what does that, what's that total amount per month or per year that this, offer costs me to operate and then how do I mark that up to customers I don't know that's pretty granular but like (laughs) does that make sense to you
0: yes that makes plenty of sense to me
1: okay so that that is that gap of here's what it takes me to to run this offer out in terms of time energy actual admin work subscription fees that's that x amount and then I need to mark that amount up and, and that's how I figure out what my actual kind of profitability per offer is. And, and then the other piece that I do is I do all of these checks and balances because there's so many things that we, that we miss out on. So I do that for every single thing that, I, that, I, um, that my clients offer. And then we look at, well, now what is your overhead cost? And we subtract that. And then we look at how much do you, how much are you going to pay in taxes, roughly. We take that out. And then we look at that number and we go, okay, is that a livable income number? And if that's a livable income number, then I still spoil their plans by going, okay, well, now add up the hours that that would take in a week. And do you have that many hours in a week <laughs> for, you to, for you to do all these things? Because a lot of the time, that was the, the biggest downfall I, I found in my first business and in, in figuring out how, how I could run a business that would work for me and support my family in a meaningful way was that I would write these plans out. They would look great on paper. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And I was so excited. And then I would, I would go and start working and like two or three months into this plan, it was just nothing like what I had written down on paper. And I was so frustrated. And I felt like I was so bad at planning. I was so bad at business. It was all my fault. Like I, it was, I would just get really down on, I'm really fun at parties. You must imagine. (laughs) So I was really beating myself up. And then I would look at, okay, so I, I wasn't looking at the hours piece. I wasn't looking at, okay, actually, realistically, how much time do I have to put into each of these things per week to make all of this work? And most of, the, most of it at the end of the day, most of us just aren't accounting for our time. We, if we add it all up, the different things that we're working on, we would actually need to do to make them sell. There's just not enough hours in the week. And then if we did work enough hours in the week, there wouldn't be enough time to actually get the word out about them. So most of us have too many offers. We're just not, we're, we're not, um, we're kind of, we're trying to move an inch in twelve different directions instead of a foot in one direction. And especially in terms of marketing, you know, being able to get the word out about something that you you do and you love about one thing, that's really hard. It's still, it's still hard for us. It's a learned skill. It's just not something that we, you know, I, I have a background in entertainment marketing. Like that's that's why I that's why I get traction with this stuff. I have an, a background in entertainment marketing. I've been blogging and, and being on social media since it started. You know, for over for over like, gosh, I mean like ten years. I've been blogging for ten years and I've been on social media. Um, you know, I think for eighteen or something now. So that is that is how. I know what kind of, what works for me. I have all of this long kind of long um, history of picking up on what works for me and what doesn't. But I would like for other people to not have to spend 18 years like puttering around, bumping around in the dark. <laughs> so it's about, for me, it's about looking at, I try to focus my, I try to really help people. And I would encourage anybody listening to this to, to, even if you have a whole ton of offers and the things that I'm saying deeply freak you out or you like, she can't be right about me. I'm, I'm the exception. Great, 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 great. But to start, try focusing your time and energy on just one of them in terms of getting the word out. And, and I think that keep doing exactly what you're doing. Don't stop anything, but pay special attention to the one that really keeps the lights on for you and, and look at. Look at how you can start figuring out a little bit more about what actually, what kinds of things that you put out there, what seems to get a response, what lights people up, what makes them laugh or, or what gets those likes on, um, you know, on Instagram or on, Fe- or on Facebook or on, or on Twitter, what are some of those things? Maybe just start putting all of those things that get, tra- that do get traction, just copy and paste them into a Google doc. And just start there. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that, but really start putting that time and energy just into your time around one of those offers. That can be incredibly enlightening, especially you know if you do once you if you do that even just over two weeks or so, you're going to start to see trends and and themes in the things that um, that you ca- that you can't see when you're in the thick of it. And that starts to build a path forward for you to figure out really what are the, what are the ideas that my audience loves and what are the ideas that they, that they don't love? And and how can I talk about my work in a way that clicks with them? And that's not, you know, I think sometimes it can feel like people feel worried about being manipulative or about, you know, we see skeezy marketing and people kind of selling at us and, the thing that I like to come back to on that is if your free stuff is helpful, let's say, l- 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 then your paid stuff must be really helpful. Like if, if the way that you actually help people accomplish change and accomplish things and, and, and experience the change that they're looking to to get when they purchase with you, like that the thing that you sell for a living, like or as part of your living, as part of your side hustle, that's got to be like the best way that they get those change, that change. So if you're, if you're not doing those things, if you're not tracking the way to, to really punch through to help them see that you could, you know, that you could help them, that means that they are stuck, not knowing they're stuck in the pain that they have, um, longer and longer. And eventually they're, hopefully they'll find somebody else who can help them. But, you know, if you're not going to sell your business, if you're not going to tell people how you help people really who else is?
0: Mm. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, so you've mentioned marketing multiple times. And I feel like this is a good time to jump into talking about marketing, because something that Kyla said, I've seen her tweet this, and I'm pretty sure I saw this in an email. It was something to the effect of when you are planning your marketing, like don't do things that you don't like. She was like, do not choose marketing, like the social media platforms that make you want to set yourself on fire. Like just take those off of your list and ignore them. And I found that that really resonated because I have this really strange relationship with Instagram. (laughs) I talk about it all the time, but uh, I realized I'm not the only person. Like I get emails all the time from people who feel like they're just speaking into a void or they're dropping the balls with their marketing because there's just so much and they're trying to do all of the things And this is like where Kyla shines with talking about like just say yes to the things that you need to say yes to, and like forget everything else. So let's talk about this.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think it's so important that we give ourselves permission to be humans, you know, and we give ourselves permission to to mess up and to not be not do it right, Um, and and to to feel like we're not, you know, to feel like we're not doing it right. When really, there the only the only rules in this, you know, are that you get to make the rules. So I think it's a helpful place to start when you're is really looking at like what do you like doing and what do you not like doing. Now, if you hate like really hate, you know, a, a huge part of how you're how you're moving forward in your business, like how you're trying to get the word out about it, the likelihood of you actually spending the time and doing that just plummets, you know. And and so it, you're really you're you're gonna create a situation where you're miserable and you're punching a clock and I thought that's what we were trying to get away from, you know, for most <laughs> of us, <laughs> when we're, when we're running our own businesses. So I really think, you know, absolutely. If, if you hate Instagram, if you hate Instagram, then I mean you absolutely, this is your permission slip to abandon the platform completely. Like just stop it, I think the, the other thing that, that can be really helpful is to look at what is actually getting you clients and really look at the data on that or look at what's getting you customers. Even uh, just looking at, so I one of the, the simplest ways I think to do this is if you're a customer or if you're a client-based business, a service business provider, if you have a contact form or an intake form, an inquiry form, add a field in there that just says, how did you hear about me? Um, for if you're a, a product based business, maybe you can do that too. Maybe you can have like a little on your checkout form. Can you have that? Can you look at your um, your in or your uh, Google Analytics? Um, and just before you you know black out from fear for for my mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know there's there's really really simple straightforward uh, tutorials. I even have one on my website of how to like with three clicks four clicks how to set it up so that you can go into your google analytics and it just tells you oh here's the goal for your website um, is to drive people to make this purchase how much is that how much is that amount worth you know so you can you can say well this is you know for if once people get to this page that means that it's a thank you page for a product that was you know $5 $5 or $5,000. So you can set that up and you can see exactly what it is that like drives people to your site. Even if you're using a Shopify site, if you're using a, um, a Squarespace site, there all of these things have built in details of where are, your, uh, where are your referral sources, how are people finding you. So figure out how people are finding you and then if you can, um, find out how your customers are finding you, the, those people that are paying you the money. So look at where they're coming from. And that can start to give you a sense of, okay, like this is maybe how much time and energy this should take up for me. And maybe, maybe I I often find that the things that are taking up a lot of our kind of psychic space are just, aren't the things that, uh, they aren't the things that really are actually even getting us customers or clients. So I I think it's very, it's really um, appealing. The idea of, especially Instagram, and like the idea of having a perfect candy coated, beautiful shell that appears online and where you look glamorous and, and people find you and they go, oh, she's so, she's so beautiful and radiant and smart. And they go to your business and they're like, Let, where do I drop off the unmarked bags of money? And <laughs> like, of course that's a beautiful <laughs> Of course, that's appealing, um, you know. But I know, like I know from from being in business and and being involved behind the scenes in people's businesses, you know, you can have seventeen thousand followers on Instagram and you can be making under thirty thousand dollars a year. You know, the the that saying that like uh, popular isn't profitable is absolutely true. So I really think you know, look at I, I try to look at. What are the things that you're doing right now that seem to be getting traction? How can you start to collect a tiny amount of information about maybe what are some of the things there? And then look at what is actually, you know, what is actually getting people through the door um, and, and start there. And if, if something feels difficult and and frustrating, I mean, are there there are there are definitely pieces of my business that I'm less excited about. There are pieces, I think the idea that like, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life is just absolute bullshit. It's <laughs> so awful. And, and so there are like, there are parts of my business that are such, that are totally a slog for me. But I find ways to um, put that time and energy in, in small pieces. I find ways to um, make it more fun for myself. I try to get curious. I want to know, if I think something is bullshit, I want to know what kind of bullshit like I want to like, I want to get close and like really get a sense of, okay, do I hate this because it makes me feel inferior? Do I hate this because I don't know where to get images? Do I hate this because I put time, I know where to get images and it doesn't make, it doesn't make me feel inferior to start, but then I put them out there and I get no traction on it. And the engagement piece makes me feel terrible. Is it like, what is it about it? Because getting curious and asking those, those follow up questions, that's how you can actually get to a problem that you can solve. And I think a lot of us were in a habit of being, um, so uh, of of not taking enough responsibility around those things and saying, man, you know, it just isn't for me. And if something isn't for you, then that's, that's fine. If you have other stuff that's bringing people in through the door, Awesome, you know. Awesome. Focus on that. Like, don't focus on something that is your weakness. You know, I, I think use your strengths absolutely first. And so I look at. For me, I knew I man, I hated Instagram. I hated Instagram. <laughs> I hated it. Um, and I also knew that I work a lot with web designers and photographers. And boy, if that isn't their catnip, and, and so I, I just I knew that they were there. I knew that we got along, um, when we, when we were hanging out together or when we were spending time together, when we got on client calls and I just, it was so frustrating for me. So when I knew that I also needed more referral sources, I needed to get people through the door and learning more about what I was doing. So I started experimenting with, um, with Instagram and I started examining my own feelings about it and wondering if, if I, if I, if there was a way where I could get curious about it, I could just get a little closer, figure out what was working for me, figure out what wasn't working for me. And it's still an ongoing, it's a moving target for me. Um, there last week I had, I scheduled four posts this week. I have scheduled no posts. I can be consistent on stories. So that's where, that's where I spend my time and energy mostly. But for me, the important thing is that I know that, it brings me business. I've I've absolutely booked clients through Instagram stories, um, so that's important to me. If if I didn't, or if I didn't, if I tried this for two or three months and I wasn't getting any traction with it, I would probably stop. I also know that my number one traffic source on my website is Pinterest. Like it is not. So this is not a traffic driver for me. Um, it's something that, but it's something that gets me clients. So I, it's something that I I I'm trying to. For me, the combination of, of knowing what actually gets people through the door and and giving myself permission to say, you know, I'm going to explore this aspect of my, of my marketing life that I just it kind of makes me feel a little cringy. It makes me feel like I'm outside of my comfort zone, um, but I'm only doing that in one area of my business. I already have an offer that is all set up, ready to go. Um I am absolutely doing other things that use my strengths and I'm actively asking myself how can I bring those strengths into my Instagram life. I think it's important to it's important to pay attention though to to what you like and what you don't. And for me showing up there what before stories were around, it was a thankless slog. And now that there are stories on Instagram, it's a place that I'm more curious about and I'm starting to, I get people like I post something, I get like 5-10 replies back. And and I engage with other people and have started real friendships through it, and that for me has been really fun and exciting because I I live in the middle of nowhere so in Canada so (laughs) it's that feedback loop of like what what gets me business results what makes me feel good you know what uses my strengths um and and trying to play with that.
0: Okay, well, that, <laughs> I live in the middle of nowhere too. It's a beach town full of old people. So <laughs> the internet is like my, my safe place. It's the, the way where there, there's a place where there's things happening that don't involve like, old people talking with me at Chick-fil-A when I'm just trying to quietly eat my breakfast. <laughs> that's the story of my life. I've never met a stranger, um, even when I want them to be strangers, but <laughs> that's just how it is. So, Love it. Uh, it's, it's so true. But I feel like now is a great time to jump into the Pimpy Rawlings Action Challenge because you just shared some things about marketing But you're gonna share with us three ways to simplify your marketing, which I am super excited to hear because listen, I am one of those people that's on team do too much. And I'm trying to get to a place of like, let's just do enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I think, you know, the, the first thing is really, stop starting over. I think for so many of us, it's, you know, we are constantly feeling, you know, we, we get to the end of of whatever our routine was. Maybe we, we punch through, we write a whole bunch of blog posts or we write a whole bunch of schedule, a whole bunch of social media. And then we stop for a bit, we take a break and then we come back and we go, oh man, now I have to start from scratch. So document the things that, that you're doing that work for you. And that can be really, it can be very, very simple. So um, if you're feeling like, Wherever there's chaos in your business, um, for me, that would be around um, figuring out like in marketing, it's figuring out what messages get through. That for me has been very helpful. So I literally have a, I have a Google doc and it's just, I'll write write something out, see if it gets, if it gets traction. And, uh, and then I, if it does get traction based on my feelings (laughs) about that, and there's no formula or anything, then I just write a yes or a no beside it. And if I, and and so then I can go back and I can start to sort this by what, what people like and what people don't like in terms of how I'm talking about my business. That gives me a way to really in one place, I can just go and look at what seems to be getting through. So that for me is very helpful. And you've got that, that quote about, um, the best way to market yourself is any way that doesn't make you want to set yourself on fire. One of the tops of the list. (laughs) you know and and so that has been very that's very helpful, I think for most of us to just start to get a sense of you know, oh, this is something that I know I know for my audience. Um, if I go too salty and I go negative, crickets, absolute crickets, people don't like it. And that's really good for me to know. That's so good for me to know my people, you know my people are motivated they want to talk about like the next thing they don't want to they they want to talk about um they don't want to wallow and and talk about how things suck they want to talk about how to make things better and that is that's fabulous to know and that makes me feel like i know my audience better and i can create better content for them um the next thing that i would look at, that i would look at is wherever you're running one of these little experiments in terms of simplifying things is to to look at, um, I call it like making your own mentor. So think about who is maybe two or three steps ahead of you in business, and on a specific platform. So let's say I want to, I want to level up my writing game in general. I want to look then for people who are writing amazing blog posts and amazing newsletters. And then I am going to follow them. I'm going to probably unfollow most of everyone else out of my inbox. (laughs) I'm going to create space for that. And then I'm going to just watch the types of things that they do. And I'm going to spend time, it can be 15 minutes a week, where I just go through and I look at some of the things that they're doing. And I wonder you know, what's going on here? And I try to just look at it a little bit closer and see what what kinds of things that they're doing. How are they trying to make me feel? Are they using long sentences or short sentences? Are they really challenging a belief of mine? Are they calling me forward and getting me motivated and excited? Are they giving me something that's actionable that I can implement in my business? What's going on there? Um, so that for me and the, I do it on Instagram as well I do it because that's a plot email and Instagram are the the projects in my life right now so I I have a collection in Instagram where I save posts um and and that and then I can just go back and I can look at them and see what kinds of posts do I like and think about how I could do my own version of that the reason that or way, ways that pro marketers are good at this is because they have a swipe file and most business owners do not have a swipe file. So one of the things that I, I added it to my welcome sequence in my emails because it just it saves us so much time. A swipe file is literally just a place where you save things that are compelling to you that other people are doing. So then you can go, how could I do my own version of that? And it's not plagiarism. It's not about, you know, it's not about copying other people. It's about looking at what what is kind of going on in that piece of content? How can I adapt that so that it's really in my it's my voice, it's true to me, and I'm 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 sharing from uh, from a compelling place. So it's it's definitely not copying other people or plagiarizing but it's having a a well of inspiration, kind of like how web designers or um, designers will have a mood board. This is kind of like that, but for creating marketing content. So find people who you really admire, who are doing what you want to do well, and then make a swipe file for their stuff where that you love, where you can take something that they are doing where they execute something beautifully and you can just save it somewhere so that you can learn from that. Because man, you're not going to learn unless you're in a, a place of really looking at what you know, really looking at like, how can I learn from this? How can I internalize this? How could I apply it? If you're just swiping or just scrolling on Instagram or, you know, scrolling through the feed, reading your email and trying to process your inbox, you're not in a learning headspace. So it's just really having that dedicated place to go back to um, and really approach your, approach your stuff in a, from that learning mind space. I think the other, the other piece in terms of, so that, that can simplify, you know, first, that first piece around, um, documenting kind of what, what, works for you, that simplifies things because you're not guessing and you're not, you stop wasting time and you stop feeling like you have to start over having a swipe file and having a mentor, um, kind of that you've, you've made, made it of your own, uh, that simplifies things because then again, you're giving yourself prompts to get started. And and that so those are things that you can do, just just pop into your existing routine. I think that um, they can really help you to start to get that um, to get that foothold of of seeing what you're doing that that's already working. Um, I said that I was gonna give three, but I'm long winded as you've already you've already gathered. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm actually gonna give you four. The the next one then is really I think that piece of stop doing anything you hate and stop doing anything that isn't getting you results. I that busy work is a security blanket and it can feel really, really like you're you're important and you're busy and if you're doing all these things, but if they're not getting you results, then you are you're doing something that is taking you away from the things that, or from finding the things that can get you results, if you feel like you don't know what, what that is for you yet. So really stop doing anything that you hate. Stop doing the things that aren't getting you results and focus on running little experiments that can kind of, that, that you can start to get a sense of what could get you results. Then that the last piece is, I think, the one of the biggest misconceptions we have about how other people are doing this successfully in terms of their marketing is that they are sitting down on a week to week basis. They check a few boxes. It's easier for them. It takes less time. They do, you know, they just tap away at it in a very measured way and it's so they just, they just have it handled and we just need (laughs) to learn how to do it better. And that again, bullshit. So the way the thing that I like to do is i what i call a marketing sprint and this is how software development teams move forward it's how game development teams move forward it's through just working on one thing for a set amount of time Um, again it's instead of moving an inch in 12 directions you're moving a foot in one direction so i will block out um three to four days in my schedule i will pause my inbox. I will have my social media scheduled so that I don't need to worry about it at all. And I will just work on my marketing and, and just work on it to start. I would just work on maybe like writing a few catchy things that I could then post to Instagram. I can work, I would work on just getting images for Instagram. I would work on just the captions for Instagram. I would or writing the, um, or writing my email, like newsletter. I would look at what are the themes that I wanna hit, what is, and then I would look at outlining the posts and then filling them out and writing them and scheduling them. So I, I think nobody is beautifully balanced in their businesses behind the scenes. And so instead of tracing this idea of balance, be, Strategically imbalanced, and use that to your advantage. There's an idea that I like to think about um, in our businesses from Gretchen Rubin's work. Uh, she's the uh, writer behind uh, the Happiness Project and uh, Better Than Before, and she has this idea of Are you a marathoner or are you a sprinter? And if you're a marathoner, you like to do you that's you like to do those things in a tiny little way and chip away at them over time. Now, if that's your style do like do 15 minutes a day. Do this is your, these are the people who do morning pages and they love them. Right. This is the, it's doing a little tiny thing on a very consistent basis. And that's how they thrive. So if that's you, then do that. If that's not you like that for me, that really makes me want to set myself on fire. So (laughs) like I, I've stopped thinking about that as I am not consistent And I have replaced that script that runs in my head with, I like to work in bursts. I am a sprinter. So I, instead of judging myself for how I think other people are working, I've looked at what can I do to actually work with that. Um, And for me, setting aside just a little chunk of time, it can even be, it can be a half a day to start. It doesn't have to be huge. Like I'm talking about, but that has been absolutely so powerful. I get so much more done. I feel better about it. And then I get to have a break. And especially if you don't love your marketing, it's for you know anything that you're doing. You know, if you hate, if you hate looking at your finances, being, you know, being in your accounting or like working on your taxes for five minutes a day is probably gonna degrade your quality of life. <laughs> it's important to keep a look, like, keep a mind look on, keep a keep a look at and like keep tabs on, but you know, you can do this stuff like in in chunks, and and then you can make compelling progress on it, and then have some downtime. That's allowed, you know, you get to make the rules. So if that feels better for you, then then try that out.
0: You just said so many things that I found to be super important. So I just want to definitely say yes, yes, yes to the swipe file. And you, you said something that's like one of my I don't, it's not a secret, but it's the thing that I feel so excited about when I am on Instagram is that collections feature. I save people who have cool businesses, and I'm like, oh, at some point they could be a, a podcast guest. I used to screenshot those and then they got lost in my phone. But you can create collections and you can bookmark them out. So if I see somebody that has uh, you know are doing fantastic planner layouts, I have a collection for like flat lay inspo and people who I want to have on podcast. If somebody writes a quote or a caption that I found really inspiring, I said that I have all these things. I have one for food when people are cooking cool food and they have recipes. There's just all these collections and it's just a really simple way that you can save things and go back to it later. Because if you say, oh, I'm gonna go back and look at Kyla's feed because she posted that chocolate thing, you're gonna forget, I'm gonna forget. So I don't do that, I just save it in the collection. So I just wanna reiterate that so people know, Like if you wanna create a little swipe file on Instagram, use your collections then you can sort them. Um, and I do the same thing in my email inbox for, especially when I know I'm in somebody's sales funnel, I have a, a folder that's dedicated to good ideas. And that's where I put good email copy and sales funnel copy. I just put it all in there. So when it's time to write it, it's there. And I have something to look back to because you're right. Sometimes you see like the way that people lay out something. and It's just like, oh, I totally like that made so much sense. And you see how it can apply to your own business. So definitely do that. And then what you just said about sprints. I never really thought about uh, doing a marketing sprint. But it's one of those things that in my mind at the time, I'm like, I just need... like a week to get all of my marketing things done. But I tend to do that when I'm project-based. So it's like planner season, I'm creating a planner. I only work on the planner for like time, you know, a set amount of time. But then I always am in this place of like, dang, you didn't send out a newsletter you didn't schedule anything. And I'm so entrenched in like planner related things that I can't even go into anything else. But that was a really, really great tip that I have to remember, like, maybe you need to give yourself permission to block two weeks on the calendar to handle the marketing and get it all done and scheduled. And then you can go full force in planners, and you won't feel guilty about everything else that got dropped. So Thank you. Those were really, really great tips. And I know that people are going to get a lot from that because marketing is the thing that we all know we should be doing a better job on. And we're just not because there's just so many things that need to happen.
1: Well, and again, everybody feels that way. So like if you're feeling that way, like hand on your chest for a second, hand on your heart it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Really, it's okay. And like putting five minutes more of an intentionality into it. That's all you need to do that starting there. Amazing. You're already doing more than, you know, the vast majority of people are doing. So those small steps, they add up, they build momentum over time, and they beget more small steps.
0: Yes. Okay. So I love to ask, uh, what are you reading? Are there any books that you've read recently that we should know about? They don't necessarily have to be business-based. I just like book recommendations and so does everyone else who listens.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I'm such a book nerd. Okay. Um, so business-related, I would say i just read a book called uh, The Coaching Habit and it's fabulous. It's about uh, It's about seven questions that you can ask instead of giving people advice. Um, and so it's a very powerful way of, so when anybody asks you for advice, it's, it's instead of telling them what to do, here are seven questions that you can ask and not that you can't ask that you should ask and that will be more effective for getting them change. So that's something that I'm using inside of my, um, inside of my work with my clients, really looking at how to, Uh, I want to give answers and, you know, not be, uh, not be Yoda or anything. I don't want to just ask, um, ask open-ended questions to everybody. Uh, I'll give it, you know, I give answers, but look at for um, going deeper into the problem so that we can be really specific about solutions. So that's been really helpful. Um, And then the other, another book that I uh, really loved recently, I love the author uh, Tana, uh, Tana French, and she writes this, awesome fiction series and it's called it's called um, they're all inside of this shared universe it's like about this Dublin murder squad and so it's the detectives that are um, that are solving these murders and she's just such a it's not super scary I don't like super scary stuff but it's like procedural kind of law and order ish um, where you're following these cops around and they're solving really interesting cases they feature women more than you know more than not and they happen in a shared universe that's just very casually in there. So you'll be reading like another one of her books, and then all of a sudden in the background, someone walks by and says something, and it was like the main character from two books back, and you get to geek out about it. And it, she just writes so beautifully, and it, they're they're like my they're my catnip. They're my perfect. They're like just interesting enough but not not too scary <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was the name of the series
1: um uh, she writes her books are um they're i think they're they're talked about as like the dublin murder squad books okay. but it's Tana french and um and and so she it's yeah t-a-n-a french and she is just she's fabulous
0: okay i'm gonna look it up because i i love a good like mystery type thing that's one of my favorite genres to read about so it's on my list okay Awesome. Okay. So if people want to find you online, where can they find you?
1: They can find me at Kyla Roma. That's R-O-M as in mother A. Uh, So you can find me at kylaroma.com. And I'm on Instagram at Kyla Roma and on uh, Twitter and Pinterest at Kyla Roma as well.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I love everything that you shared and your story and just how you're doing things. It's just awesome. And Oh, it's just so many things to go back and like take notes on now.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And uh, I mean if you if you don't mind, I would just absolutely love to um, offer your um, your listeners a free um, a free version of my uh, of my course. So I have a, a marketing course that's called your minimalist Marketing Plan, and I would love to um, offer them a free version and they could uh, they could use the uh, the promo code uh, chasing the stars and then they could get that for completely free. And it would uh, it allows them to go through and actually um, plan out a marketing campaign to get the word out about what they do.
0: Awesome, okay, We're, what's the URL for that?
1: So they can, uh, they can come to uh, kylaroma.com slash marketing.
0: kylaroma.com slash marketing. I will have that in the show notes as well as the promo code. So definitely check the website for that. And thank you again.
1: Absolutely, thank you.